died and went on a spirit journey. Sometimes some of us did. Mm-hmm. It was not <laughs> pleasant. Everyone was ill, and it's a good start. Were terrible, <laughs> and it was a shitty new year. But welcome to the podcast that asks the real questions: Is Lou Bega dead? How much is too, how much is too much to spend on a Lego set? And why are we not rich and famous yet? Yeah, one, one of us is rich. <clears throat> yeah, but half is half is just as bad as nothing, right? I think two explains three, right? That's true. How how much is too much for a Lego set? Mm-hmm. And then why aren't we rich? Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. Actually, maybe, maybe we should... should start over. Maybe you should give me your Legos and then start over. No. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, Welcome Mm. to the podcast with three stories, two prompts, infinite laughter. I did it in the wrong order, but I don't care. You got the right numbers to the right words. I did, I did. This week, we're doing stories from the prompts axes, and I wrote in my notes, battle axes, which is wrong because it's blacksmiths. Um, Uh oh, princesses and and disasters Axes and battle axes I wrote And I was like, it's definitely not that It's blacksmiths This is a real princess disaster we're having here (laughs) Yeah, this is a real, yeah Anyway, it's blacksmiths in my story Uh, Yeah, mine too And this week, uh, Jeff is going first So Yeah, uh, I had, uh, Jeff had COVID I mean, I had COVID And, uh we got a real Billy Shears situation going on in the podcast now, if you know what I'm talking about. The Beatles reference? Is that a Beatles song? <laughs> Billy Shears? Like that, that, yeah. I don't if know you know, Billy you Shears know. Is. If you know, you know. Is he a haircut guy? Billy Shears? Wow. Um, so I was sick, and I wrote this like right as I was getting uh, deep into COVID, yeah. so I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, you were balls deep into COVID. COVID was like Jeff, stop! And we were like, no, whoa, 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 whoa! I only have consensual sex with COVID. Don't listen to this man. It's he grabs COVID cake. by its by its heft, by its flank. Look, COVID loves to role play. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, COVID was like, please don't. And you were like, yeah, I love you, COVID. I I hate COVID. It was hate fucking. But I wrote this when I was delirious, so if it doesn't make any sense, uh, fuck you, I guess. (laughs) This is gonna be good. It's entitled Sins of the Father. This is gonna be bad. (laughs) The old old RV sputtered along as best it could up the empty street towards its destination. Quite possibly its final one, considering the shape it happened to be in at the moment. Jason Grace had gone on to a forbidden town to find answers about his missing brother Archie and had come back completely empty-handed. Unfortunately, he had met capitalism's perfect lapdogs, the small-town police, when he tried to come back <laughs> home to Kirby hey. through the blockade at the edge of town. Being the standard deplorable pig dogs that all police all across this great nation are, mm-hmm. the cops at the barricade immediately drew their guns and escalated like no mall ever could. <laughs> screaming at him in their bloated, jowly chorus that he was under arrest for breaking a quarantine he'd never even heard about. Being the level-headed, straight-laced young man that he is, he simply barreled through the blockade at full speed and caused a massive wreck from which he barely escaped, mostly unscathed, but his degenerate, hired private eye was still missing. Not that he really cared much, since that dude was more worthless than a rubber in your mom's nasty cave of horrors. (laughs) Uh, What? In parentheses, they melt inside. 
Uh, <laughs> he couldn't even remember this man's name. Einstein Filch? That sounded right. <laughs> he turned the old busted-up old uh, RV into the driveway next to a two-story family home that he'd been running from since he graduated high school a few years ago. Never less happy than now to be returning. He pulled all the way to the end of it, underneath an old metal awning he had put together himself to keep his RV out of the rain and shut off the sputtering engine. Fuck me, he huffed out under his breath, leaning back into the old beaded driver's seat and hanging his wrists over the steering wheel limply. The radio covers that are beads? Ugh. Oh, they're awful. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They're definitely not super cool or rad. Um, What? What? I'm kidding. That's so uncomfortable. Uh, the radio played a local station that purported to spin all the hottest rock tracks in history, but was currently playing a tinny rendition of a Katy Perry song for some reason. So it was doing nothing to lower his usual skyrocketing blood pressure. He reached down to shut it off, but as his fingers reached the dial, a scratchy electronic interference squealed through the speakers in the music's place. <laughs> Fear two moons. Jeff, you sound way better right now. <laughs> the strange voice caused Jason to narrow his eyes as he stared down at the flickering light of the FM dial on his dashboard. But just as quickly as the music had cut out due to the static, the next few beats of static crescendoed right back into Katy Perry, warbling about being yourself or whatever. <laughs> He, That's her, all right. He clicked his teeth and shut the radio off, chalking that up to another in a long line of fucked up weird shit he'd seen lately. The he funny just drove th- through a fucking barricade. What the fuck? <laughs> the funny thing about doing that, it like inhaling voice, is that I got really lightheaded doing it, so I'm still pretty sick. <laughs> because your brain isn't getting enough oxygen. He didn't die of coughing, though, so, you know, yeah, swings and roundabouts. Uh, he... <laughs> Huh? Uh, he qu- <laughs> he quickly yanked the door handle down and placed his boot against the inside panel of the door, shoving it open with a heavy push. The bent metal of the door hinge whining loudly as it pushed back against his force. He pushed harder once, and a loud metallic popping ushered the door to fly out and allow his exit finally. He huffed in annoyance as he dropped to the concrete driveway beneath. The house looked exactly the same as he'd left it when he'd gone back to school for his last semester at college. The deep golden light of the setting sun cast long, warm shadows across the well-manicured grass which swayed in the light breeze calmly. The light shone on each blade and cast small dancing shadows across the ground which emphasized the calm and the peaceful oncoming night's air which sought to supplant. put me to sleep, dog. (laughs) His old motorcycle was still there, under the awning and covered in an old blue tarp which had been folded so many times as to look like crumpled old Reynolds wrap at this point. He couldn't even muster a smile for the idea of hopping back on for a ride later. No, he had something to do now, whether he liked it or not. Out behind the Grace family house was a landmark famous in the Upper Vale neighborhood of the little town of Kirby. Mostly famous because the HOA had been trying for 20 straight years to force them to remove it with every single legal (laughs) trick they could possibly come up with. A blacksmith's forge inside a soot-covered metal shack in the back corner of the lawn. Jason's dad's forge. Bane of every Karen in a 10-block radius. (laughs) 
Even now, smoke rolled out of the top of it like a character from Darinos ripping giant fucking bong clouds of the hottest orc kush <laughs> this side of Grawl's seediest, sleaziest, nuttingest neighborhood. Infamously, infamously frequented by dogmen of every breed, the Red Rocket District. That was great. A telltale sign that Mr. Grace was hard at work within. Dad, Jason called, standing outside the shack and tapping the toe of his boot against the heavy metal door on the one-room forge. Are you in there? Did you leave it to fucking burn our house down again? (laughs) What? The door swung open widely, (laughs) revealing the soot-covered man in tinted goggles from within. He was a tall, broad man who had definitely been in shape in his younger days, but absolutely didn't give a shit about his appearance right now. Because he was wearing a pair of striped boxer shorts, a white tank top, combat boots, and a heavy leather iron worker's apron. And was sweating from every pore more than your mama's nasty ferret hole does whenever a, wa- whenever a Y chromosome gets within 500 feet of her. I love this fucking grunkle Stan-ass dad. Not to mention the heavy 5 o'clock shadow and huge bushy mustache he wore to compliment his salt and pepper flyaway hair going in every direction. <laughs> Take off the fucking goggles! It's me, your son! Jason yelled out cupping his hands to either side of his mouth. Archie! Grace yelled out, yanking his <laughs> goggles over his head and blinking his eyes heavily in the blinding golden sunset light. Oh, it's just you, Jason. What the hell do you want? Damn. Uh, oh, fucking lovely, Dad. Love to hear that kind of greeting from my own fucking father, Jason said <laughs> exasperatedly, throwing his hands up in the air. Look, son, I don't know what to tell you. You're a real disappointment. <laughs> Do better at being a son. It's not that hard, Mr. Grace said offhandedly, (laughs) running his sooty hands through his brown and gray hair and doing a surprisingly good job of making himself look more presentable. He was a lawyer by day, after all. Jason tried to control his boiling rage. Look, fuck nut. I went to Whitesville to follow up about Archie's disappearance. I told you not to do that, you little peckerwood. The police are investigating the problem, and you're just going to fuck it up with your shitty no-baseball-playing bullshit. This is all very normal father-son interaction to me. Just like you fucked up high school for me, Mr. Grace said without a hint of irony in his voice. (laughs) It was my high school years, you sad old fuck, Jason yelled out. Just because your dick doesn't work anymore doesn't mean you get to live vicariously through me. By the way, I'm sure I must have got my big swangin' dick from Grandpa, because I know you're packing a Vienna sausage in those children's size small underoo-ass boxers. <laughs> Damn, this kid is roasting the shit out of his dad. I told you not to go looking for Archie, and I fucking meant it, you little fart knocker, Mr. Grace said. Uh, again, not paying any attention to what Jason had just said. I mean, look at how you fucked it up this time. You were out there recovering zero missing brothers, and I'm here pumping new little brothers into your mom to make up for your failure the whole time. Yeah, he's got a point. Class act. There, there isn't enough therapy in the fucking world to come back from hearing that shit, Jason said <laughs> yeah. disgustedly. Then threw his hands up in the air once more. You know what? Fuck you, man. Give me the keys to the fucking bike. I'm taking off again. If you won't get your thumb out of your ass long enough to find your own missing son, then I'll do it for you. Just like how Mr. Parrish next door has been fucking mom for you for the last 15 years. 
Common Mountain there. That's all I know. <laughs> God fucking damn it, Jason, you dumb little bastard. You're not listening to a word I'm fucking saying. Do not go after your little brother. You gotta fuck everything up. Mr. Grace screamed a little louder and more seriously this time. Jason took a step forward and pointed his finger directly in his father's face, finger right up under his nose and gritted his teeth as he spoke. I'm going to find Archie, and you're going to have a prime piece of real estate to kiss right on my pimply ass cheek, you yuppie ass <laughs> fuck boy. Again, totally normal interaction from where I'm standing. You just go back to practicing to be on Forged in Fire so you can tell that buff Marine Corps host dude how much you respect him and his service instead of what you really want to tell him about your foxhole fantasies, about becoming POWs who get forced into a donkey show together. <laughs> Have you been reading my journal, you disgusting little missed money shot? His dad screams Damn. back at him. There was a terse moment of silence, and then Mr. Grace turned and stormed back into his metal blacksmithing shed, disappearing into the darkness within, only the forge dimly illuminating anything beyond the threshold as it silently smoldered. Jason was about to turn to leave in a pissy huff. I would sure... Uh, Jason was about to turn to leave in a pissy huff I would surely never leave in, because I'm a big strong boy with no daddy issues at all. When Mr. You Grace emerged from, I don't remember writing that. That's good. When Mr. Grace <laughs> emerged from the darkness of the shed once more, this time carrying a fireman's axe laid across his hands, that blade glinted extremely brightly in the sunset. Here, you little fucking ingrate! Mr. Grace held the axe out towards Jason in a gesture of offering, swinging it by the dark hickory shaft around once, and then laying it across his hands again for his son to take from him. Swing you by the dark hickory shaft. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're giving me a wood chopping axe? I live in the fucking city, you dementia-riddled old lead-poisoning victim. <laughs> Jason said as bluntly as ever, It's a peace offering, you dim little bitch! Take it and get out of my fucking sight! Wow. Mr. Grace spat out, shoving the axe into Jason's hands forcefully reaching into his apron, returning with the keys to the motorcycle parked out front, shoving them over just the same. He turned away to stomp back into his little forge shed and slam the door behind him. The metallic ringing of the door slamming reverberated off the surrounding houses as Jason stood there dumbfounded, holding the axe across both hands. He thought for a moment about what he'd seen in Whitesville, the things that had happened there. Perhaps it wasn't such a bad idea to carry a more lethal weapon with him for now. He um. walked back to his camper and went in through the still-functioning side door to the living space. Inside, he retrieved the duffel bag he'd been using as a backpack at school because it was, quote-unquote, less likely to stop the flow of bitches, according to his friends. <laughs> and he wasn't averse to a nice flow of bitches, as most folks aren't. Get yourself a nice Jansport. <laughs> he dumped the contents out, shoving some clothes and toiletries inside, and slid the axe in with the handle dangling out, dangling out like a sheathed sword, then slung it over nice. his shoulder. With one twist of the wrist, the tarp over the bike was gone. It purred to life instantly, feeling to Jason as if it had been waiting for his return the entire time. A beautiful motorcycle that I'm not bothering to look up the brand to because we aren't sponsored from them. And I'm done getting <laughs> giving out fucking free rides to brands on this shit. 
You heard him. Give us the fucking money and I'll advertise your racist ass motorcycle brand name next time. <laughs> anyway, it's a cool motorcycle and he gets on it and rides away. Fuck you. <laughs> Damn, this dude had COVID as fuck. Dude. <laughs> Uh, a, a week later, Kirby had come alive for dweebs and social fuck-ups of two very specific brands as the budget in ballroom and event space presented the annual Script Kids and Cryptids convention, <laughs> which, which brought together coders, hackers, cryptozoologists, and generally unshowered circus geeks of every caliber from across the greater tri-state area. <laughs> The event hall was as jam-packed as you'd expect such an event to be, which is not very, with a gaggle of some of the nicest little nerds you could hope to meet, and also Star Wars fans. (laughs) All of them bustling to hear the commencement speech by the big-name hacker and cryptozoologist they had heard had made one of the biggest discoveries in the history of either quote-unquote science. It's the kid. It's the kid. The crowd hushed as the small man waltzed across the stage with an unearned bravado that only someone who spends 99% of their time on the internet could muster. (laughs) He adjusted his oversized glasses upon his cherubic face and smiled as he leaned into the microphone and spoke. Welcome, fellow hackers and cryptid enthusiasts. As you all probably know by now, I'm cryptozoology legend Devlin Durwood III. I'm here to blow your socks right out of your penny loafers and make the smell someone besides your mom's problem. (laughs) You're not going to believe this stuff, baby, Dev cried out with aplomb, causing the whole crowd to launch into sweaty palm applause. (laughs) He swiped his hands in either direction sideways, causing the whole crowd to stop cheering at once. Dead silence covered the crowd. He tapped a key on the keyboard on the podium in front of him, and large curtains behind him swung open, revealing a massive screen behind them. It only took a second or two to notice it was a truly humongous 1990s big screen TV, which hummed with enough radiation to kill Superman for good. (laughs) (laughs) But... But no one in the room seemed to be old enough to know about the danger, so it was whatever. (laughs) Behold! Dev cried out, clicking his mouse a couple times. The screen displayed a Windows 95 desktop with several folders labeled (laughs) things like Budget N Taxes 2001 and Nude Photos Fran Drescher Reel. (laughs) Damn, LimeWire, man. The crowd giggled amongst themselves. Wow, they really don't update this much, huh? (laughs) He clicked around a few more times and his PowerPoint presentation appeared in all its 720p glory. (laughs) The first slide was a full-on shot of the cricket monster that had attacked the office building he'd been in a week ago. The crowd gasped loudly. How do you like me now? Dev called out. (laughs) Grasping onto the open lapels of his overalls and running his hands up and down them cockily. Over the next eight minutes, he went through each photo and explained what happened in a previous story you probably already heard. If you haven't, what are you doing? (laughs) Start on 37, you idiot. (laughs) Go check out Office Job Massacre 2 in Story Lords episode 34. Also, give us money. Oh, shit, I forgot to upload the written stories! (laughs) I wrote that just in case I'd forgotten to do it, which I most certainly did. (laughs) <laughs> I wrote those last I wrote those last two parts to co- explain and cover my ass. I wrote that part in this one just for fun. <laughs> 
So there you have it, unimpeachable proof of the existence of a shady, evil organization plotting to do unspeakable things to the human race, utilizing horrific mutant abominations that can destroy with impunity, Dev called out, waving his hands through the air dramatically. A heavyset man wearing a t-shirt which read, Ray's gotta pay. No women in Star Wars except if they were already in a Star Wars movie that already came out before now. Raised his hand in the middle of the hushed crowd. <laughs> yes, we got a question? Dev asked, pointing at the man in the crowd. Mm, yes, do you think we're a bunch of morons? The man asked plainly. Yes. Uh, what? <laughs> Dev returned. You understand that we aren't spring chickens fresh off the stupid truck, correct? <laughs> we have all heard of CGI, Photoshop, and AI image manipulation. None Boo. of us care about the people who make the things we love. Only Boo. that a new product is created with our favorite logo on it. Of course we know and love AI image generation, you plebe. The degenerate piece of filth in the audience responded. <laughs> Boo! These are real. I can show you the metadata. You can look at any of them on my website at any time. TheDevRoom.GeoCity slash RealMonsters slash Proof slash 03346.com. Damn, GeoCities. Dev began to panic a little, feeling the shifting mood in the room against him. Another hand went up, this time a woman wearing a Yes, Women Watch Star Wars, Yes, We Also Hate Ray t-shirt. <laughs> And holding a small flag with Sephiroth and Cloud kissing shirtless on it. <laughs> she just immediately spoke without waiting to be called on. Do you think the cricket men would ever want to mate with a human female? I'm asking Definitely. for a very scientific reason. Definitely. Another hand shot up. A very small adult man wearing a football jersey with some completely unrecognizable-ass Z-tier sports anime character on it. <laughs> standing next to a woman wearing a string bikini with the largest tits you've ever seen. <laughs> this is great. This is a great comment. The, word, the words middle school football star appeared above them in, <laughs> with a spade of katakana and kanji under it. I'm a little confused about why you would bring us patently fraudulent evidence. We are a revered society of cryptozoologists and believe only the most compelling and proven evidence in our fields, such as Bat Boy and the government <laughs> creating clones of pop stars and movie actors for seemingly no reason. You're bringing us evidence equal to absolutely unbelievable horseshit, such as global warming or racism. Ugh. Damn. Jesus Christ, Dev said with exasperation <laughs> in his voice. He threw his arms out quickly and pointed to the back of the room to a man seated away from the crowd by himself. You there, you look like you believe what I'm saying. Jason Grace looked up after being pointed at from the back of the crowd and blinked a few times, looking around the room with glossy eyes. He turned his gaze back to Dev and shrugged a little. I'm just here because it's air-conditioned, free, and literally no one of importance would ever step foot inside here for literally any fucking reason I could think of. This is not going the way I pictured it, Dev muttered to himself, the crowd's angry murmur beginning to rise to a full-blown angry racket. But now that he'd looked up, Jason blinked at the screen. The last slide showed a full head-on photo of the cricket creature leaping through the air over top of Dev's camera position as he hunkered. Recognition blazed across Jason's face all at once. 
even having seen this creature from a block away while driving, there was no mistaking the hulking, bladed, inhuman that he'd seen a week ago. He stood and tilted his head, calling over the din of the crowd in his booming, angry, ginger-ass voice. <laughs> Yo, wait just one fucking second! Now wait just one fucking second, Jeff! <laughs> <laughs> the crowd hushed, their fight-or-flight instinct kicking in from years of bullying, and all turned to face Jason. <laughs> Dev did the same from the stage, his anxiety switching targets entirely. Where the fuck did you get those photos, little dorky guy? Jason stepped out of his seat and headed down the aisle towards the front of the auditorium with heavy, purposeful footfalls. Weren't you, uh, paying attention? Dev asked with an awkward, placating smile. He pointed up at the screen as he scrolled back through the slides. I was at Harbury Industrial Park outside of town. We had to go through two police blockades to get there. I've seen that thing before! Jason had climbed up onto the stage by now, causing the entire crowd to explode in an uproar over the breach of social etiquette, which they cared more about than defrauding a charity for $600,000 any day. You've seen them? Dev perked up, excitement returning to him, with someone there to back up his claims to the crowd of emotionally stunted ingrates. <laughs> Yeah, that thing saved my life in Whitesville last week, Jason returned, causing the crowd to gasp once more, since everyone here understood how difficult it had been to get to Kirby without breaking any police roadblocks. Not because they thought it was against the law or they cared about that. They were a bunch of adult children, so they were just angry someone got to do something they weren't allowed to. <laughs> he was like this mysterious Asian dude in a trench coat one minute? Went into a house with a monster? Then he was a monster himself the next minute. It was fucking wild, man. <laughs> Wait, aren't you the nut job who attacked our car in Whitesville a week ago? <laughs> Dev murdered out and then instantly regretted the question. Hey, you're that weird little nerd who was with the bootlicker. Why the fuck did you run away from me? Jason growled out, stepping towards Dev. <laughs> The lights in the event hall began to flicker on and off, a strange singing static in the air making the hair on Jason's arm stick straight up. He flung around all at once to look up at the lights in confusion. Dev stared out at the crowd, narrowing his eyes to avoid the constant flashings of the bulbs high above them lining the ceiling. The crowd all looked about, stunned into silence by the sudden strobing lights, their mouths agape and their bodies tensed from the fear coursing through them. The lights flashed once. The crowd stared in bewilderment up at Jason and Dev standing on the stage. The lights flashed again, and every single one of them was gone. What? In their place, a small man sat in the very center of the auditorium with his hands folded over the head of an old metal cane. The lights burned a blood red all over the room now, not the fluorescent light that had been burning their retina before. A wash over the old man in his seat like a sea of blood. He I thought we were going to get to hear the Bulls <laughs> intro song, and now this shit happens. <laughs> he smiled a crooked smile, sitting there staring up at them silently. He wore a heavy woolen winter coat over a fancy double-breasted brown suit and pleated pants with fine Italian shoes. His eyes were bulging and bloodshot, and he was completely bald save for the sides and back of his head where slightly unkempt white bedraggled hair dangled around his ears and the nape of his neck. <laughs> Who the fuck is this now? Jason screamed out, 
pointing at the old man in the crowd. The lights flashed once more and returned to white, the entire crowd still sitting there, staring up at them in fear, almost catatonic with it, as no sound, no sound escaped any of them, except for a slight whimper here and there, as they struggled to even blink, let alone move. What? The lights flashed off, then red again, revealing the old man sitting in front of the chair he had been seated in once before. Standing in front of the chair he had been seated in once before. His bulging bloodshot eyes rolled unnaturally from one of them to the other, his crooked, elongated smile twitching as they did. The old man managed to mouth out, his teeth scraping against each other as he did. Dev backed away from the front of the stage a few steps, and Jason took a few steps forward, throwing his duffel bag off of his shoulder and yanking his new fireman's axe out of it with a violent pull. He tossed the duffel bag to the floor next to him and grasped the dark wooden haft with both hands, gritting his teeth to push down the fear that was even welling up within him. The lights flashed off, then back on again rapidly, the crowd screaming their lungs out in unison, a deafening violent scream which filled the walls to bursting and caused both Jason and Dev to recoil away from it all at once. But the lights flashed off again before they could process it. The red light snapped back on, and the old man in the center of the room drew his jaw open so very slowly. <laughs> his mouth widened and widened, further and further open, far beyond what a human being could ever manage, his entire jaw unzipping to reveal row after row after row of sharp predator's teeth inside of his head. This is entire intro song played. <laughs> it, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. His entire skull unhinged itself backwards to create a massive black hole of a mall, and what? then Scotty Pippen jumped out of it. <laughs> yeah. it. From within the unattached jaw poured hundreds upon hundreds, thousands upon thousands of cockroaches. <laughs> They poured out like a fountain, flying into the air and skittering along the ground in a wave which overtook the chairs of the auditorium in a moving blanket of black. The roaches enveloped the auditorium seats, the walkways, crawled up the walls at the far sides, and even began to land on the ceiling, every single one of them darting directly for Jason and Dev, like a hungry predator to their defenseless prey. Dev screamed bloody murder and began to try to run, but there was nowhere to go. They were behind them now, too. Jason wanted to scream, too, but he gripped his axe tighter and braced himself for the onslaught, his eyes wide and his entire body shaking in horrific, unstoppable fear. Fuck my life! Jason <laughs> screamed as the swarm came upon him. Mr. Grace pounded at the craggy old spring steel in his forge, the red-hot bead in the middle of it moving with each hammer strike. Sparks shot up onto his goggles, which covered very little of his face, the singeing ends not affecting him at all as they died out in his beard and mustache. You gave him a weapon? A voice filtered out of the darkness behind Mr. Grace, an uneasiness raising deep within him but by this point had become familiar enough to be second nature. Yeah, I gave him the fucking axe, Mr. Grace grumbled. <laughs> you act as if it was a burden. From behind him, slowly appearing as if rising from the shadows, like floating from within a body of water, the form of a tall man in all black. The finest black suit and pea coat, 
with a wide black tie and slicked back black hair. Upon his long hooked nose sat a pair of round sunglasses inset with deep, fiery red lenses. It is a fucking burden, Mr. Grace snapped. You're sending my last son to die for your stupid fucking purpose. Haven't you gotten enough of my bloodline already, cold? <laughs> you joined the Silver Blood Society of your own volition, Mr. Grace. No one forced your hand. Indrid Cold said in a low, even tone, no hint of emotion within his voice. You're forcing my hand right now, you spooky old fuck, Mr. Grace returned. <laughs> You owe a debt, Cold said without inflection. You lost the silver cane. You haven't paid for it yet. That turned out for the fucking best, though, didn't it? She does your work without even being asked since she got it, Mr. Grace spoke with slightly less bass in his voice then. Fortunate mistakes are still mistakes, and could be all the worse for it, Cold returned. He's my son, Mr. Grace said with a slight timbre of sadness in his voice. That really doesn't mean anything to me, Mr. Grace. I apologize, but the work is all that matters. Can you at least promise me you'll watch over him? Mr. Grace asked with his voice faltering. But no one was there in the shadows any longer to hear it. To be continued. Ooh. And the bull's, the bull's song, theme song played? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to follow that. That was incredible. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. My voice is done. Yeah, I yeah, I heard it go a little I, a few times at the end there. I love that uh, the symbolism of the cockroaches and the crowd of uh, anime fans. <laughs> yeah, what's worse? I was like, hmm, that's, that's fitting. Yeah, that was definitely not on purpose or anything, that, anime yeah, fans. No, Don't worry. No, no. You totally did, by accident. You did quite well for having a fever. Yeah, yeah I, I don't remember writing some of that, but it turned out good, <laughs> so that's all that matters. That's funny, because when I don't get sick, I don't remember writing lots of stuff either. <laughs> like all that stuff What's... on the bathroom wall you wrote about us. <laughs> For a good time, called Jeff and Rich. <laughs> For a moderately okay time. Look, that's where all of our advertising budget goes. Yeah, okay. exactly. We're more likely to get more fans off a bathroom wall at this point, right? For for good for a good time, call Story Lords. Storylords.card.co. Yeah, bring money. Oh man, that was I'm, great. I'm glad Dev's back. I really like Dev. I've got a soft spot for yeah, Dev. Yeah, Dev's cool. So I do too. I had to bring him back as soon quality. as possible. He's got He's big Urkel nerd. energy that I like. He's in the Urkel cinematic universe. <laughs> He's legally distinct, legally distinct. <laughs> Jerkle? D- please don't sue me, Julia White. <laughs> He's buff now. We'll just come to your house and beat you to death. That's true. You know what? That'd be the fucking best way to go, dude. If he jetpacks in and then beats you to death. <laughs> uh, Urkel kicked the shit out of him and he died? That's I would, fucking I dope. want my obituary to be, was beaten to death by actor Jaleel White. And then in parentheses, Urkel, family matters. <laughs> the jetpack burns on his body are a clear indication that the jetpack was used. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to learn more about cold. No, you don't. I do. You learn his origin. Yeah, I know, but I want to learn more about him. What the f- what the fuck is he up to? 
Oh, you know what I want to do? Poke the bear. I want to pull on the dragon's tail. See what happens. He's not in my universe. He can't hurt me. <laughs> or <Yeah>. is he? <laughs> oh my god, he's here! <laughs> he's in everyone's universe. You just don't know yet. No, that's true. Yep. That's true. Wh- whatever job, I have to do a voice in one of your stories someday, I'm going to be like, also, Indrid Cold's real. Anyway. <laughs> Damn. And then it's canon. <laughs> Shit. Not thought this through. <laughs> We're fucked. How many pages did you write? Uh, I think it's ten. I was gonna say yeah. it seemed um, quicker. I don't know if you was reading quicker because you were worried about your voice giving out. I was seemed... trying to get through without destroying myself. So that's good. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Thank you. Uh, um. <laughs> I very much enjoyed that. You can tell I always enjoy stories because I'm very quiet. Yeah, you're, you're quiet. <laughs> and I feel bad for interrupting, but no. like I gotta get this off my chest. You gotta find out if the Bulls theme is gonna play. I understand. <laughs> I gotta hear it. Also, I want someone to draw fan art of that horrible monster, but like with Scotty yeah. Pippen jumping out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Like s- reverse slam dunking out of his mouth. Hey, Nate Bit, you hear that? Hey, Nate Bit, that's a cue. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Should we take a break? Yeah, I have to cough very badly. Right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. people uh we hope you're still enjoying the show because if you're not you got another two parts of it <laughs> and you can't turn it off you can't go anywhere <laughs> no just so you know it's a cursed podcast it's stuck on you forever yeah if you stop listening we're gonna come out of your tv and we're gonna do some bad stuff to you why are we on their tv girl. uh the just because the, the ring girl comes out the tv i guess yeah. we're gonna come out your headphones into your ear like oh, a, God. Yeah. Like a weird like Riley cricket. Reed. <laughs> We're going to make you lick a toilet. <laughs> Holy who? I didn't, I didn't see that. <laughs> uh, Josh, you're up next. Swiftly changing the subject. Oh, Before boy. we get sued by Riley Reed. Sued? Yeah, sued for what? what? Describing she, she, yeah. the video yeah. she's done? She's not going to sue us, maybe if anything. Maybe she's taken that video down. I... <laughs> no, she's not. That's why you download it. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> Two My terabytes episode... of porn on Josh's computer. <laughs> <laughs> My story this week is called Pretty Instinct. Nice. Oh, God. <laughs> he says, oh, God. Now, this is a story all about how my life got <laughs> fucked right into the ground. And I'd like to take a minute, just stay tuned, I'll tell you how I became the princess named Axe Wound. In West Philadelphia, <laughs> born and raised, 
on the playgrounds where I stab mostly old ladies, stabbing, slashing, killing all cool, and shooting up eight balls outside of a school when a couple of my parents, who were up to no good, decided to abandon me in a neighborhood. Rose the dead and caused one little blight, and everyone scared. She thought, how would I have turned out if only my parents had cared? Oh, my God. <laughs> We're back, baby. And that concludes the singing of our national anthem. Axe Wood spoke into an old-timey LC ball. Don't forget to fill out your permission slips for our yearly field trip to the surface. <laughs> Surface world to wreak havoc on the weak. Have an awful day, my minions. Mommy hates you. <laughs> With a click, the morning announcements were over. Down in the depths of some godforsaken pit were goblins, bogmen, dogmen, clogmen, uh, parentheses, a mix of dogmen and bogmen who only were clogs, and every other kind of sick, undesirable, miscreant Daranos had banished <laughs> to the shadows long ago and forgotten about. All were seated at a cafeteria-style mess hall, being served their morning goop straight from a giant cauldron with, like, arms and heads in it. Cool. It wasn't too bad if you hit it with some sriracha. (laughs) (laughs) That's true of Uh, most things. Exactly. Uh, Mutt the goblin looked around at the horde of gross beast men as he fiddled with a toenail in his goop. (laughs) Yeah, gross. You knew it. Another goblin asked Mutt. Yeah, yeah, Mutt said, trying to sound tougher and older. The name's Glut, the older goblin said matter-of-factly. I'm Mutt, said Mutt. I wasn't aware of how much like high school heck would be, he finished with a slight (laughs) chuckle. Oh, yeah, Mistress Axmoon sure went all out. She hates those pricks up above with their wizard Ivy League and those fucking plant fondling dendrophiliacs at the Druid Academy. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, if I have to go to, if I had to go to another one of those proms and listen to Dashboard Cornfessional, I'd blow my brains out with a suicide wand. Blood Grant rambled. (laughs) Do they have specific suicide (laughs) wands? Yeah, you point it straight out, but it shoots back at you and it kills you. Cool. You guys don't have suicide wands ready to go? <laughs> ready to go? I got one go. in my hand right now. <laughs> I got one cocked and loaded, ready to go. Let's Jesus. go. Jesus. Cry for help, Henderson returns again. <laughs> wait, 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 interrupted a dog man from a table over. <laughs> Your name's Glut, right? And yours, he jabbed a paw on a mutt's chest. Is mutt? Man, all you gobbos named for the sounds a butt makes or what? The dog man <laughs> laughed as all his uh, friends Jesus. joined in. Racism? Yeah, that's what names are, Gerald. Glud stood up. <laughs> My man's name is Gerald. He's throwing stones. Come on. They're just sounds your mouth makes to identify something or someone. Like, you could be named Lord Queefington Von Shitkisser, for instance, and we'd still associate that sound with your ugly, ball-licking dog face. (laughs) The whole cafeteria got quiet (laughs) as someone did the sitcom, ooh. Oi! My dead dad's name was Lord Queefington Von Shitkisser. What of it, you tosser? A bog man yelled from across the Rich room. Riches in this. Yeah. Yep, Riches in this. I provided that voice. <laughs> Very good. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, Clarence. Glut apologized to the bog man. <laughs> Clarence sat down, seeming to accept, accept the apology. 
Gerald, the dogman, on the other hand, had stood up with all his pack of dog ho- dogman hoodlums. Each wore a leather jacket adorned with bone spikes and human ears. One defiantly wore a chocolate bar bling necklace around his <laughs> muscly neck. These guys were not to be fucked with. <laughs> I'll give you a ball to lick, Gerald said, getting all up in Glut's face. Just one, or Glut shot back with a smile. Why, you rotting barrel of scrotum meat, Gerald threw his <laughs> through a p- paw fist. Oi! My dead mother's name was Rotting Barrel of Scrotum Meat. <laughs> Clarence again shot up in a rage. Beautiful. This man. time, <laughs> this time, all shit popped off as the tensions boiled over into an all-out high school riot. A dogman threw a severed human head landing on the table right in front of Mutt, who was shocked. Glut threw a sucker punch at Gerald as as he was uh, focused on the fly- food flying around him. He nailed Gerald right in the snooter as Gerald <laughs> let out one of those sad dog yelps that I hate that they put in video games like when you have to kill wolves and shit. <laughs> oh, I feel that. <laughs> it's terrible. It is. The dog, the dog man crew <laughs> flipped over a table and began to maul anyone and anything. Mutt dove under the table completely unprepared for what was popping off. A dog man ripped off a bog man's arm and green blork shot out of the wound, Yojimbo style. The <laughs> bog yeah. man screamed for like 10 straight seconds as the dog man whipped the arm back and forth like dogs do when they play with the daily growl. <laughs> the daily growl? <laughs> Did you ever have a dog who had a daily growl? Yeah. That's a fucking deep cut. I love That's that. a deep cut, yeah. <laughs> A clog man was tap dancing on a on the pulp remains of a goblin's face as someone put on every song from the 2000s hardcore band Atreyu on the juke ball. <laughs> the juke <Jesus> ball. <laughs> so much for a smooth first day of villain school, Mutt said to himself as another human head landed right in front of him with a thud. <laughs> Attention. An announcement over the all-C ball caused the riot to pause mid-melee. This is Vice Principal Set. Would Mutt the <laughs> Goblin please report to Principal Axwoon's pleasure pit? I mean office. Ooh. Mutt the Goblin, please report to the Principal Axwoon. Continue with the riot. With a click, the announcement was over. As Mutt walked into Axwoon's pleasure pit and sex office, Vice Principal Set was already standing in the corner of the room with his snake arms crossed. Take a seat, Mr. Mutt, he said, pointing to, uh, pointing at an iron chair with straps and restraints. Uh, I'd vote Mutt's... for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mutt sat down gingerly, as he was sure everyone else who had sat in that chair did after they had been seated in it. <laughs> Across the desk, which was... Uh, which was cluttered with whips and chains and handcuffs, Axwoon sat in a giant swivel throne, her back turned to mud. <laughs> Moments, passed with... <laughs> Moments passed without anyone saying anything. The tension almost drove Mutt insane. Why was he here? It was his first day. What could he have possibly done? Mr. Mutt, Axwoon almost whispered. Her words almost soothed Mutt, but then he remembered the whose lips they were, whose lips were saying them. The lips that ended King Gnarl's reign of the Orc Kingdom when it was said she drained his life force from all six of his peeners. <laughs> <laughs> the worst way a man pro- can die. <laughs> Remember, everyone remembers that. 
you're probably wondering why you're here. It's your first day, after all, and what could you have possibly done? Axe Food slowly turned around in her swivel throne. <laughs> she wore her usual half-dominatrix, half-stripper outfit, but now, to add a bit of professionalism, she wore a tiny clip-on tie around her neck. <laughs> <laughs> How? I, I... Mutt fumbled for the words. He was simultaneously terrified and turned on. He was bonerfied. <laughs> Axwood stitched her fingers together gently as she leaned forward. I noticed you not participating in the riot, she smiled. You hid under the table like a little wiener baby as heads and gore flew about. Tisk tisk tisk. She tapped her thumbs together, emphasizing each tisk. How did you I mean I'm I'm sorry, mistress, Mutt rambled. I see all Axwood threw her arms up like she were throwing confetti. Do you think we are in the business of hiding under tables and not murdering people at lunchtime, <laughs> Mr. Mutt? <laughs> she, she was not. She was now instantly standing next to Mutt. Mutt was sure he didn't take his eyes off of her, and yet somehow she moved faster than anything he had ever seen or not seen. She ran her long finger under his green chin, arching it upward and jamming a single long, almost metallic fingernail into the bottom of his chin. We are here to fuck shit. Up, she said slowly, drawing a bit of green blood from Mutt's chin. So, she relaxed her finger and gently flicked the blood off of it. As punishment for not participating in the time-honored tradition of lunchtime mess hall rioting, I have a special assignment for you. Oh, God, Mutt gulped. Oh, God, X Moon Mock has Still standing in the corner of the room like some mute hype man. Relax, little Muttley. All I need you to do is go down to the lower depths to the smithy. He has a weapon ready for me. You go and you get it, you come back, that's it. Easy peasy peener squeezy. <laughs> <laughs> Axmoon was now back behind the desk. Mutt was shaking. The lower depths were no joke. Rumor had it a janitor who, who killed young goblins still roamed around down there, mopping up their blood with a haunted busket made out of the bones of even younger goblins. <laughs> Go for they go tell fresh when, they, when you <laughs> get right. there that in the pool Along on the, the roof. The pool on the roof, <laughs> god damn it <laughs> Shit, he knows. Go forth, young muttling, and bring back my prize. Axmoon smiled a huge toothy grin as she slowly spun her throne around again. <laughs> Did she just like sit looking at the wall all day? What the hell does she do in here all day in this place? Mutt thought to himself as he quickly made his exit. <laughs> Set, you're up, Axwoon said as she peered at a small all-sea ball against the wall. We're playing Mario Kart 64, and I call Yoshi, and I don't want to hear any complaining about how you're a snake, and he's like a lizard or a dinosaur or whatever, and why can't I be Princess Peach, you racist-ass fuck? All right, said Side as he grabbed a controller. Oh, sad. Fucking beautiful. Mutt reached the rickety old metal lift in record time. He needed to get this over with, and fast. Nobody fails the queen and survives. As he, as the rusted gate opened, he practically jumped in to the lift, scanning the buttons each floor. Sex dungeon, no. Torture dungeon, no. Sex torture dungeon, no. <laughs> ah, there, lower depths. Well, not, not so quick, not so quick. <laughs> sex, hold on. sex and torture? <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Mutt read the ancient markings on the lift's magical buttons. 
all were scrawled in stone except for lower depths, but were just like label maker stickers someone had placed there <laughs> ominously. <laughs> but press the, the correct button and the ancient lift squealed and lurched to life like your whore mama did last night when I pushed her correct button. <laughs> wow. After a few seconds, the lift began to slow. Mutt checked the floor and read, Cleaning supplies and sexual torture dungeon. <laughs> As the metallic gate slowly creeped open, Mutt saw a skeleton man with half of his human face still sagging loosely from his skull, and in his hand, a mop. The skeleton man placed the mop down into a busket made of goblin bones and pushed the slop cart <clears throat> into the lift, all without saying a word. Mutt froze. He tried not to fidget or look at the janitor. He glanced over to see the janitor staring directly at him. His head shot back forward reflexively. So, Mutt said, trying to make small talk. Lots to clean up down here. <laughs> <laughs> the janitor stood completely still. His one eye gazed, gazed pierced into the side of Mutt's head. Mutt could feel his eye inside of his brain as if he could see all the way through him. The lift began to stutter and clang to a stop slowly. Hmm, how old are you, my young goblin friend? The janitor finally smoked. <laughs> so ah! Mutt screamed as the gate opened. <laughs> he was already out of the lift, <laughs> sprinting down into the lower depths. As Mutt descended, it began to get hot. Real damn hot. Like your whore mama last night after I began to descend into her depths, I plumbed her deep and good. <laughs> This show sucks. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. As he rounded and doubled back around the maze of molten onyx, he could see an, an eerie blue flame in the, off in the distance. All around, the red from the lava flows reflected off the shining glass stone, which had been heated and reheated for eons. Mutt ran his fingers against the smooth stone as he walked, and it let out a screech from his fingers. Who goes there? A raspy, guttural voice shouted from within the blue. Ah, it's me, sir, Mutt the Goblin, Mutt said, unsure as to what the correct protocol was. Mutt the Goblin, huh? <laughs> the voice trailed off as a clang of metal against metal rang through the cavern. Another, after another turn, Mutt found himself in a grotto of flame and steam. All around were weapons, armor, shackles, chains, gold, silver. Everything you could forge seemed to be down here in this one carved-out rocky island of a workshop. Mutt could see a tattered, stitched-together skeleton clanging away on an anvil, his back turned to Mutt. Mutt the Goblin, <laughs> the blacksmith said again to no one in particular. Ah, uh, yes, sir, I'm here for the weapon, Mutt tried to shout over the sounds of the workshop. Yes, Mutt the Goblin, the blacksmith said as he turned around to face Mutt. There stood a completely desiccated skeleton. He wore the armor and apron of a smith from centuries ago. His eyes glowed green from within his hollow skull. His bare teeth permanently forced into a kind of a smile as, as uh, he approached Mutt. Again, Mutt froze in terror. Do you know what you're delivering, Mutt the Goblin? The blacksmith said ominously, still approaching at a snail's pace, his boned legs lifting his armor slowly, clanging with each footfall. Just 
just a weapon for the mistress, Mud said, almost <laughs> pissing himself. <laughs> oh, I think you are to deliver something much more than that, Mutt the Goblin, the blacksmith said, holding out a hand, reaching for Mutt. Mutt closed his eyes, but the blacksmith's bony hand touched Mutt's shoulder, and all, felt, all Mutt felt was a gentle pat. Come, Mutt the Goblin, let us enjoy some tea, the blacksmith said as he gently coaxed <laughs> Mutt over to a table. Like a doddering old man, the blacksmith carefully poured some tea into a tin cup Mutt had presumed the blacksmith himself had fashioned. The kettle clanged against his bones as his weakened body shuddered and shook at even the weight of the tea kettle. Mutt looked over toward the blue flame and anvil. How could this skeleton man lift and forge such heavy metals when he can't even lift his kettle? Mutt thought to himself. Because I am imbued with the dark necromancy. The same dark necromancy that the mistress herself uses. In fact, it could be said that I am imbued with her very essence, the blacksmith said, taking a sip of tea. Mutt watched as the tea just dribbled down his rib cage. <laughs> <laughs> how did you how did you hear me think that? Mutt asked shocked. I told you. Dark necromancy keep up, young Mutt the Goblin. Now, as to why you are here. I have some good news and some bad news. Which would you like first? <laughs> <laughs> ah, the good, the good news, I guess. Mud said, almost wincing at the question. The good news is the mistress's weapon is almost complete, and the bad news is what? Mud <laughs> was not. Mud was now physically wincing in his seat. The bad news pertains to that which you are delivering to me, Mutt the Goblin. See, for I was once one of the only few smithies in Daranos that could forge cold steel. It took the mistress centuries to find my remains, and decades more to find the right necromantic spells to resurrect me. She finally realized that much like forging metal, a necromancer must put a bit of themselves into their creations. Thus, she put her knowledge into me, and I was able to make wonderful things and terrible things. <laughs> Mutt looked over at the blue flame. He saw embedded into the anvil a blue double-sided battle axe. It glowed defiantly blue in the heat of the red cavern. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no. We're all it's dying. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, the axe, it comes with a price. The blacksmith was now looking... At the axe, too. <laughs> Your soul, Mutt the Goblin. <laughs> Mutt was now totally in piss pants mode, moving into poop pants territory. Code Brown Town. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the first minion that the mistress has sent down here on an errand. In order for me to continue my work and retain my knowledge, she sends down some poor, unwitting soul for me to, well, rekindle my flame. The blacksmith turned his head toward Mutt. His eyes glowing glowed green. Uh, his eyes glowed uh, green with fire. Well, I have like dyslexia. No, no, you got it. You got it. <laughs> they were almost hungry, and as you can see, I've been down here a very, very, very long time. The blacksmith gestured a bony hand to an onyx slab, uh, the size of a cottage. On it were scrawled the names of countless minions. Gertrude Stew Gobbler, Schlongbong the Orf, no. Bingus, what Schlongbong? 
Bingus Bongus the Dingus. Wing, the guy from accounting. The list went on and on. Mutt the Goblin, the blacksmith sighed out. You are the last. After this, I can rest. The weapon is complete. The the blacksmith's eyes glowed emerald green, his hands slowly reaching out toward Mutt, now imbued with the evil magics. Green sparks shot from his fingertips, and then nothing. With an outstretched arm, the blacksmith just stopped. He stopped inches away from Mutt's face and slowly drew back his his death reach. Mutt, the goblin, take the axe. Take the axe and run! His eyes flickered a blue flame, and then back to green, and then back to blue. From somewhere inside of him, the good man that was the blacksmith for kings and heroes eons ago saw something. He saw hope. Enough of this, you teetotaling! Uh, enough of this teetotaling bullshit! Axwood's voice boomed through the chamber. <laughs> the ground shook as, as weapons and armor banged and clanged onto the ground. Cracks of molten magma streaked across the ground as if it were a pane of glass. Then Mutt saw it. The qu- there was the queen atop a necro dragon. You fail shit. me on the last hurdle, Doran. After all that I have given you, after all the years of life returned, Axwoon said, still wearing that sexy little tie. <laughs> I I won't. I won't let you, 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 you won't let Axwood mocked a stutter and then with a snap of her fingers, the light, whether green or blue, was extinguished from the blacksmith's eyes forever. Axwood reached out for the axe like Thor. It rattled as she strained to free it from its anvil, dis- anvil display. Finally, it lunged at her, flying through the air towards her grasp. But in that, in the last instant, coming, coming out of the backfield like Dion Sanders, Mutt the Goblin intercepted the axe. He rolled onto the ground, holding it almost like a child, and before he could even get to his feet, was already making his last dash to the, making a last dash effort to the lift. Ugh! Axwood sighed dramatically. Fine, we'll do this the hard way. As Mutt rounded onyx pillars and stone, the Necro Dragon was smashing them into dust. Shrapnel of onyx, sharp as glass, cut through Mutt's skin. He ducked and dodged, utilizing most of the five Ds of dodgeball to limited <laughs> By the time he reached the lift gate, he was green and bloodied. He frantically pushed the button a thousand times as he heard the, as he heard Axwoon laughing behind. The dragon was destroying everything in its path. Mind the cup. The lift <laughs> beeped as the gate opened. Mutt was already in. Mutt was already in frantically pressing the top floor button furiously. As the gate closed, he saw the open maw of the Necker Dragon and its green death fire brewing within. Bing bong. The gate shut just in time for the dragon's breath to hit. Hit it, melting away the metal and barely saving Mutt's life. As the lift rose to freedom. Mutt sat down, panting and crying. He fully pooped his pants this time, but he was safe. <laughs> then, suddenly, clang, boom, and the lift lurched upward unnaturally. Clang, boom, creak, as the door, <laughs> as the floor, <laughs> this is so good, this is good writing, as the floor was gnawed away by the huge jaws of the Necro Dragon. 
Mutt screamed like a four-year-old girl as the dragon began to dismantle the rickety metal lift. Out of sheer courage or pure terror, he raised the enormous battle axe and swung down on the dragon's snoot. The axe landed true and splintered the dragon's nostrils. It roared in a rage and pain as and with one last twisting yank of its neck, ripped the lift from its chains. Down you go! Next stop, hoseries and haberdasheries! The store will be closing forever when you die! Axe Room screamed, screamed, still laughing and having the time of her life. But the dragon was hurt. It did not like the sting of cold steel. It lost its wings and began to fall with the lift. Mutt grasped the axe in one hand and grasped whatever was left of the lift with the other. Axwood was enjoying even this part of the terrifying ride, laughing all the way down to the molten depths until they hit loose molten rock. The dragon hissed and roared, its bones shattering and splintering against the rocks, saving its master and rider, the uh, master and rider, the brunt of the fall. Mutt, however, was not so protected. The lift, the lift warped and bent around him. Goblins were tough, though. He held onto the axe as they both. As he held on to the axe, as they both, as oh my god, you can do it, you can do we it. Need Come editors. on, I believe in you, Josh. <laughs> he held on to the axe as both the lift and the dragon dropped again through the loose molten ground. Again, Axwoon was on top of Mutt. She had somehow moved quicker than sight itself. Come here, you little goblin turd! She screamed as she grabbed Mutt's leg. But as they fell through another chamber of molten rock, some dripped onto her right hand, fusing it to Mutt's leg. Mutt screamed in pain. Axwoon laughed in agony. Again, they fell down, down, down. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's what happened with the Red Ants. The Red Ant Queen finished a long and probably important story that nobody but Dan heard. <laughs> I'm queenless and I have no hive or family. Both Dant and the Red Ant Queen were walking along a sheer cliff outcropping. <laughs> below, mo- uh, below, a molten lake of fire reflected off their compound eyes. They had been walking for, like, who knows how long. Probably a few weeks or however long it takes for everyone on this fucking show to get over being sick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> Not dead yet. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, they heard a shuffling of rock from above and then an avalanche. They watched in slow motion as a bone dragon and a goblin fused together with some kind of sex worker fell from the cavern above. (laughs) It was like that shot in Lord of the Rings when Gandalf falls with the Balrog, but if you paused it at the right scene and at the right time, you'd totally see it, Teddy. (laughs) Mutt used his remaining energy to swing the axe one last time. It clanged against the side of the cliff face and found purchase in some rocks. Dant and the Red Queen scurried over. Below, Dant saw Axwoon grasping desperately at, uh, with her free hand at Mutt. She screeched with anger, her eyes, her eyes like hate lasers. Grab my hand, Dant said, offering an arm. Now, now, just... Mutt was losing his grip on the axe. If only the blacksmith had finished the grip, but then again, that would mean Mutt would be dead. <laughs> Take the axe, Mutt screamed, and then he let go. Mutt and Axwoon fell down yet again into a lake of fire and pain. The axe held firm in the rocks as Dant held out an empty hand. What the fuck was that about, the Red Queen asked. (laughs) To be continued. (laughs) Another to be continued. (laughs) 
Uh, amazing. That was great. There is another uh, one where we've synced up somewhere. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's so fucking yeah. weird. Um, yeah. That was great, dude. That was so good. Thanks. I fucking love Mutt. That was... Well, <laughs> bye Mutt. Yeah, R.I.P. to Mutt. <laughs> or is he? No, he's dead. He's definitely dead. <laughs> you keep killing good characters, man. You've become yeah, the real rich. rich. What the fuck are yeah. you talking but about? I'm, I'm yeah, at say, least I don't keep them around for like half a season and then murder them. I don't know if that's any better. At least they've had <laughs> some life. You're becoming Man, the real rich of this podcast, Josh. This is like Game of Thrones, baby. You're dead. You're in or you're dead. <laughs> that's it. Fair enough. That fate, good, man. fate doesn't care about you. That was uh, excellent. Every Thanks. every time you uh, do, do an axe wound episode, I constantly think of the uh, villain from Battletoads. Oh that's yeah, all I yeah think that's kind of that's kind of the it, evil yeah. queen. Yeah, yeah. But just now she has a tie on because she's professional. <laughs> I mean, a sexy tie. I've heard. I'm ha- yeah, I mean, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I mean, if that's your thing. I yeah, mean, I mean, it, whose thing isn't it? Not Riley. Who? <laughs> Go to uh, uh, fucking X videos and type <laughs> in uh, Queen Axe Wound. <laughs> I bet you'll get some shit. I don't know, man. <laughs> You're going to see some shit, that's for sure. Yeah, I feel what? like that's a bad idea, actually, yeah. I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm not your fucking mom. Do whatever you want. Yeah, look, look for whatever you want. I'm not your stepsister internet. stuck in a laundromat. Don't worry about it. With a sexy <laughs> oh, tie laundromat. <laughs> I left my sexy tie in here, step bro. <laughs> a basket full of sexy ties. And a keyboard tie. Oh, fuck. It's all coming together. Well, we had uh, a similarity between our stories this time, which is uh, weaving unrelated narratives together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all related. If you say to be continued, it's all related. That's mm. true. Yeah. I wonder what happened if we ever had three to be continued on the show? Me, I don't know. Are, Are we, we about, about to, to? foreshadowing? We, we might do. <laughs> we might do. Uh, we're going to go for a break and we'll be right back. of the podcast why'd you come up with that this is how they Whatever. give you the big bucks <laughs> um fucking <clears throat> yeah it's my turn you're like the johnny carson of this show yeah thank you is that a good thing i don't watch but like, saturday but like, like now that he's dead oh yeah, okay. now that he's... right 
and not funny. <laughs> Humorless and wooden, thanks. Uh, my episode this week is called Walking Over Our Graves. Ooh, lovely. Boom, boom. The war drums sounded as the motorboat arcade of tricked-out hovercrafts <laughs> with go-faster stripes, which were cool, and robo-swastikas, decidedly uncool, yeah. chased the small, battered starship struggling to get airborne. The pursuit cut a swathe across the marshy boglands that covered what was once New Jersey. The one place... <laughs> The one What's place changed, the, am I right, the, folks? The yeah, one the place the nuclear wasteland had actually made somewhat better. <laughs> <laughs> Should have waited yeah, for no it. there's no people there anymore. The motorboatacade was crewed by cyborg killers, <laughs> a twisted, gross, slimy combination of mutant and machine, kind of like when your mum uses that sex toy you found as a teenager. <laughs> the bad dragon? <laughs> The I mean, bad dragon. <laughs> Riley, who? You may scoff, but the biggest group affected by STIs are in the seventy to eighty bracket. Just some food for thought. Mm. Anywho, <laughs> in this far-flung New Jersey of the future, the only mutant slack-jawed, dead-eyed freaks were the ones in the Jersey Shore motorboat gangs, rather than <laughs> in your average Seven Eleven or TJ Maxx or in the general New Jersey public. <laughs> My man is doing his research on America. Yeah, he fucking nailed it. Interesting Masters anecdote of the week. It's called TK Max over here. It's equally filled with numb-brained idiots, but I wonder why they changed it. Obviously not enough to Google it, though. Boom. because you guys say Che, T-Che. Isn't, isn't that how you say J? Say J. J. H-I-J. With H. H. Oh, you say we do, sometimes we say H, and so we're, we're taught to do that so that we pronounce the phonic of it. Um, oh. And then when we're older, sometimes we God, go back to saying H. You also <laughs> sold your soul to Lord Zed by saying Zed every time we say mm. Z. I'm happy with that. He's a benevolent dictator. Boom. No. Boom. He makes the monsters bigger, and then they destroy Arnie's juice bar. They don't. They don't destroy <laughs> England, though, so that's fine. Uh, and we, then we come in and swoop away and take all your art. Boom, boom. What's the difference? <laughs> All of our zigzag 90s art that was on the wall in Ernie's. <laughs> the drums sounded closer as the motorboat arcade was almost within firing distance. The hovercraft were heavily armoured, with bolted together sheet metal and spikes poking out of the sides like some sort of S&M pleasure cruise. Yes! <laughs> Plumes of black smoke billowed from the hovercraft as they pushed themselves harder and harder to catch the small vessel, which was somehow dodging dodging every ever every laser blast on its way to Port Jersey, where weirdly the mutant dock workers communicated solely in wolf whistles and misogynistic or racist chatter, even though they no longer knew the significance. They just carried on as they had always done in their previous lives. <laughs> Again, I very much do not know what the difference between this New Jersey and real New Jersey is. The small ship banked late around a large rock, which the lead motorboat smashed into, detonating it into a large fireball. Luckily, the cyborg piloting it flew through the air and activated his parachute to float gently downwards. (laughs) Unluckily, seeing this, the escaping ship pirouetted 180 degrees and a muscled arm leaned out of the rolled-down pilot side window and pumped... (laughs) And pump the Jersey Shore bot full of hot plasma. 
As it peeled back away, the nameplate of the ship came clearly into view of the story camera, and it said, wait for it, drum roll, please, the conveyance of Grissom Graves 9! I, I fucking knew it. What the fuck? I fucking knew it, dude. I could feel it. It was like I was at home again. They're almost on you, Lionel Richie's raspy voice came from the subspace radio. And Grissom doubted it was because of the signal and probably because he was just panicking like a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's back. He looked over to the seat next to him where something the size of a shovel sat. This item swaddled in tight wrappings to keep it safe. That's precious cargo there, buddy. Make sure it stays safe. Not not like that diplomat from Anecdotus 4. Oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) That's good writing, folks. (laughs) Holy fuck. Dude. For the last time, you didn't specify he needed to arrive at the Peace Talks Alive, Lionel. Grissom Graves growled <laughs> as he vented <laughs> as he vented engine fuel and then ignited it with a laser to create a wall of fire that incinerated another hovercraft that went up with a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Riker maneuver. Plus, it did mean we had a ridiculous weekend at Bernie-style caper that probably would have been funnier as a whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) They know. All right, we both learned that weekend that I have to be very specific in my instructions, Lionel muttered. Kind of like that time I asked you to watch my back and you stared at me while that Aureliac's bounty hunter stabbed me in the kidney. Nice. That memory still keeps me warm on cold nights, Lionel. (laughs) Grissom dipped a wing into the shallow water to toss mud and weed into another ship's engine, making it immediately explode. But Griss, the cargo can't fall into the harvester's hands, or, or if it's General Clamp Hands that's chasing you, his weird hydraulic press things that he's got. Mm-hmm. Grissom looked to the port on the horizon He wasn't going to make it in one piece You're right kid The New Jersey pincher can't grab hold of this axe we got to prioritise cargo over crew here Grissom could hear the reluctance in Lionel's paws before he sighed There's got to be another way Grissom right? There's no time brother Grissom stated Before switching the hyperdrive on for an instant slamming the conveyance of Grissom Graves 9 into the open starport docking port and and blowing the ship into a huge fireball of death. What do you mean, mandatory ship inspection? Asha said, balancing a small dagger on her finger at the departure window to be menacing. We won this ship fair and square two days ago in your terrible Jersey casino and depression factory. City. <laughs> Why would it need inspection? Uh, well, you, you won this ship off of a drug lord and it had been used for a number of illicit murder-related activities, the mutant port worker said. <laughs> Not Murder-related. Intim- <laughs> Murder-adjacent. Not intimidated by Ash's aggression as he pushed an eyeball back into its socket. I would have thought of a a crew of clearly on-the-level individuals such as yourselves. He looked at Holgrim picking something from his teeth, Oryx trying desperately to hide his crocodile snout with an upside-down newspaper, and and Humey reading his How to Count Cards and Cheat Drug Lords for Robots, a beginner's guide book. (laughs) 
and then rolled his eyes. Would want to comply with a port inspector before they got off planet to avoid the murderous cartel leader they legitimately won this vessel from. He tapped his <laughs> clipboard with a pen. So, uh, so, sorry. So, what are we up to? Kellen said as she and Florgo rejoined the group. They had been spending a lot of time together recently, and Asher was watching that very, very closely. Nice of you to join us, Oryx muttered with a smirk. We needed some new clothes. I was looking pretty conspicuous in my veil attire, Florgo said, putting his ar- putting out the arms of his new black cloak. Perfect. Dark mage in an inconspicuous dark cloak with red rune trim, Oryx laughed. <laughs> Just hang a sign on you says that, kill- that says kill me first. <laughs> maybe next you should put a sign on you that says magician for hire, or maybe you should carry a rabbit around. Like I said, kill me first. Actually, I bought the rabbit, Kellen smiled. My battery pack had been worn out on the last one. Hallgrim Hallgrim pulled the inspector to one side, then apologised as he disconnected the man's rotting arm from his shoulder socket. Uh, (laughs) Listen, pal, one inspector to another. You inspect ships, and I've inspected a fair few dump trucks and wagons in my time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he winked at the inspector. Is there um, is there any way we could speed up the process? Are you offering to bribe me? The inspector squinted, half because he was annoyed and half to keep his pus-filled eye from falling back out. <laughs> well, I wasn't exactly looking to give you a reach-around, was I? Hallgrim smirked. Unless that's what would get us off the planet quicker, because let me tell you, I saw a mutant 70-year-old woman pushing a car outside a Walmart in pyjamas with a thong sticking out the top. So I'm worried if I stay here much longer, my dick just might tear itself off my body and set itself on fire. (laughs) Damn, this is exactly like going to New Jersey. The inspector thought for a second, rubbing his chin down to the bone accidentally and surveying the crew. (laughs) Asher was digging under her nails with her knife, while the teen he thought he had heard one of them called Kellen just stared at him suspiciously. Alright, I have some contraband I need to get off-world and to the Graydon Nebula, to a ship waiting there. If you could take it, no questions asked, I'll waive the inspection and get you on your way before Billy the Hat catches up to you. (laughs) Holgrim mulled it over, running his tongue along his teeth. He knew there wasn't one among them who would sign this off. Bunch of do-gooders that they were. It was down to him again to make the hard decision so that they could get on with doing whatever they had spent the last half a year doing. (laughs) 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 All right, mate. Done. Holgrim offered a hand that the inspector hurriedly took. After he turned the Hyperlite engines on, Holgrim returned to the mess hall of the ship and sat back in his chair and smirked. The accusing eyes of the entire crew were on him. Look, look, I know you wanna all want to know our superhero Holgrim saved the day. I just said to the inspector, mate, if you don't let us go, I'm going to shove your nose so far down your throat, you'll be able to smell your own taint. And then he said... <laughs> <clears throat> Humey hummed. Elevated heart rate, high blood pressure, and elevated stress hormones. So this is how human lies are detected... the crew looked at him and then Hallgrim and Hallgrim shrugged alright well I certainly didn't reduce to bribing him 
They looked back at Humi. <laughs> Humi tilted his head. And it increases cumulative with each lie. How fascinating. <laughs> the Pinocchio roll. <laughs> a thin line of perspiration ran down Hallgrim's temple. I, I mean, I certainly didn't offer a sexual favour or anything. The crew <laughs> the crew return, uh, returned to Humi, who shook his head. They turned back again to Hallgrim. And even if I did, I certainly wouldn't have enjoyed it. Hallgrim crossed his arms over his head. Mm. Warning, mm. warning. Yumi's internal sensors sounded before his head suddenly exploded. Shouts. What? <laughs> <laughs> Showering their accusing and unblinking stares at Hallgrim with shards of metal and sparks. Oh, Yumi. Um, excuse me, please. I have a normal human headache and need some painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> Humi said before waddling off out of the room, banging himself on the doorframe in the process. <laughs> so what did you do? Kellen asked as she pulled Humi's eye from her glass of water. And please tell me it wasn't anything dangerous. Holgrim raised his hands up. Look, Kells, I did accept some dodgy cargo, all right? But it shouldn't create any issues or danger for us. I Scouts on her, I wouldn't put us in any trouble like that. Alarms immediately sounded as the starship was rocked by sudden and immediate laser fire. And as she rushed back to the cockpit, Asher hit Holgrim around the back of her head, the back of the head with her knife. You fucking idiot, she hissed. <laughs> Florgo joined her, and though he tried to sit in the pilot's seat, as soon as Butt touched leather, Asher pushed him to one side and took the seat. We don't need a tech pattern, Bormega. You try and figure out what's chasing us, Asher said as she took the controls, pulling the ship out of hyperlight and immediately dodging another volley of laser fire. I think we established in the last chapter that I'm a cool dark mage now, Florgo said with a pout as he almost fell as the ship was rocked by more fire. I can produce energy blasts and shadow walk and conjure up familiars. All right, all right. Conjure me up some peace and quiet, Dumblebore, Asher said. <laughs> Damn, fuck you, Dumblebore. <laughs> Putting the ship into a hairpin rotation that she then pulled out faster than your dad wished he had to avoid producing such a monumental disappointment. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> In most None of this seems familiar to me. <laughs> in most instances, I'd find being bullied by a mean woman quite intoxicating, but you're just... Florgo started. Yep. You're flirting with wrong sister, magic boy. Asher grim, grimaced as the controls shook in her hand. Check the readouts and see if you can figure out what sort of ship it is. I do not want to bite bullets to Cybertruck or something equally as useless. <laughs> Florgo pressed his face against the periscope type readout at the back of the cockpit sort of like that thing Spock uses and we all pretend it's not stupid because of how freaking cool it is yes he, yes he pushed back, pulled back and his eyes had two circles of ink around them that made it look like spectacles Asher was genuinely surprised that Holgrim had resorted to such a juvenile prank instead of straight up just jizzing on the uh, jizzing on the periscope or something equally as repugnant <laughs> Maybe it is jizz. Asher would have laughed at Florgo if not for the fear on his face. She rushed to the periscope and looked inside. The ship chasing them was huge, but that wasn't what was frightening. It was cobbled together from cybernetic corpses, 
robotic zombies lashed together to make the hole, and its figurehead was the corpse of a green, cloaked, lifeless lich with chrome horns and for some reason metallic nipples, and its nameplate red. <laughs> and its nameplate red, HMS JK Rowling. <laughs> Asha turned to Florgo, her eyes lined with the same black ink, her mouth a circle of horror, coincidentally what every man calls your mother's private parts as they tell precautionary tales in the local bar. Damn. Your mom's getting fucked this episode. (laughs) We're fucked, Florgo. Kellen, Oryx and Holgrim headed for the cargo bay, trying not to slip on the metal gangway and break their necks as Asha steered the ship in an escape trajectory. Crazy demon bitch is going to kill us, Holgrim muttered. <laughs> Kellen grabbed him by the collar and pushed him into the barrier, hold him o- holding him over the side. You better shut the hell up, Holgrim. You brought this on us and I'm damned if you're going to pin this on Asher. Keep it up and I'll rift what's left of your brain right up your ass." <laughs> Holgrim grinned at her. Oh, kid, buy me dinner first. Kellen roared <laughs> yeah. with fury. <laughs> and pushed him over the barrier to send him tumbling 20 metres to the floor below. He crashed with a metallic thud, and Oryx stared at Kellen. She simply turned and walked down the stairs without so much as a look back. Oryx vaulted the barrier and landed on the metallic floor, pulling Hallgrip up as he unbroke his metallic neck and reset his shoulders into their sockets. <laughs> Jesus, Kellen. <laughs> ah, fun times. Good thing she knew about my cybernetic joints, eh? Hallgrim muttered. <laughs> Oryx, yep. Oryx lifted an eyelid. You've never even disclosed your metallic vertebrae to me, my friend. I think our <laughs> little Kellen is becoming her future self before our very eyes. Kellen stood at the cargo crate, rubbing her chin as Humi waddled in from the crew quarters. He had only just managed to replicate the basic metal skeleton of his head, and for some reason had wrapped the top exposed wiring in a head towel, hair rollers stuck to his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I apologise for my appearance I have not yet been able to apply my face yet Humey whispered <laughs> That's okay Humey, Kellen smiled I'll help you get all doled up later Humey put his unfinished head on his friend's shoulder Giving her a mild electric shock that she was good enough to ignore Thank you <laughs> friend Kellen <laughs> So sweet Oryx and Holgrim joined the two of them, and Holgrim immediately stepped forward with a crowbar and thrust it into the crate before Oryx could protest. As he prized the top off, he muttered something about being made to look like a fool. The wooden lid splintered. The wooden lid splintered and fell to the floor. A bright light emanating from the box and filling the cargo bay, temporarily blinding all of them. Holgrim. If this crate is filled with something stupid like Marcellus Wallace's soul or some such. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to kill you myself, Oryx growled. This 90s reference is brought to you by Limp Biscuit. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling your way to patreon.com slash storylords today. Jesus. Holgrim blinked away the light and looked down into the crate. There, nestled up inside amongst the straw, was the brute of a man dressed in cowboy attire and a rainbow-coloured keytar with an axe laid into the handle. <gasps> Anyone order a dead gay pride Garth Brooks? Holgrim said. 
just before an arm shot from the crate and grabbed him by the neck. Lionel! The man yelled, the man yelled disorientated as he rose from the box, Keitar in one hand and Hallgrim's throat in the other. Mookie! Tabor! Oryx tried to stop his muscles tightening reflexively as he approached the man, trying to speak clearly, fearful that this might turn ugly fast. Although given that the cowboy looked like hammered shit and was covered in scars, it was pr- plenty <laughs> ugly already. Sir, if you would please release our compatriots, we will help you find whom or whatever it is you are searching for. The cowboy looked down at his hand to find a cyborg there, then turned to see a robot, a mutant and a teenager. It was like someone had looked into the deep recesses of Grissom Graves' mind and found all the things he despised most. And they put them (laughs) and they put them in ascending order too. (laughs) (laughs) I swear if you technomancer following freaks don't let me off this boat, I'm gonna skin you all alive and make me a whole new winter wardrobe. The man growled (laughs) as he tried to shake off the hibernation sickness. Except for the robot. I'll turn her into a spittoon for my wiener. (laughs) What? (laughs) Holy shit. Holy shit. Well, we have found ourselves a lovely new crew member, haven't we? Kellen whispered. (laughs) Humey approached the man with a smile. Hello, sir. I am Humey, the regular old human who identifies as male today. I can I understand the hair rollers might have confused you. I see you are an agent of the law. Humey pointed to the sheriff's badge on Grissom's duster. I was also a lawman before I realised that all cops are fascist pigs. I do so love your hat. May I please scan it so that I may print a version for myself? Grissom swung Hallgrim like a bat, sending the two of them across the cargo bay and into a stack of those blocks from the old 80s toy cartoons that were used to show an action figure's missiles or kung fu chopping action. Dude, this fucking, like, clear blue yeah. Yeah. yeah, that were Always wanted them. That were conveniently stacked there to demonstrate Grissom's being a badass. He stepped forward out of the crate and played three discordant notes on the keytar that temporarily opened a small, glowing gold ring before it vanished. How the hell did Doots play this damnable string, bitch? Kellen's <laughs> eyes... <laughs> Kellen's eyes, eyebrows raised at the device before she put her finger to her ear. Asher, you and Florgo better get down here. Our crazy ca- cargo is about to kill us all with bad music and cursing. <laughs> Humey stepped out of the rubble and put Holgrim back on his feet then pulled a freshly printed Stetson from his chest compartment. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine it's like steaming, like blows blows the steam on it. And pushed it down on his head so his face wasn't visible. When he looked up, he was sporting a Clint Eastwood-style grimace. (laughs) And bring your best coffin, because I'm your Huckleberry bot, or words to that effect that sound threatening. (laughs) So many 90s references. Humey said before making a spitting noise but producing no actual spit. (laughs) In the cockpit, Asher gripped the sticks and banked hard to the right to avoid a volley of fire and into a dive towards the belt of rubbish surrounding the nearest planetoid. They were still four light years outside the Graydon Nebula. Running was next to impossible. We are a bit busy up here, sister, Asher grunted. (laughs) Whatever western-themed episodic caper you have found yourself in... (laughs) You'll have to deal with this alone for now. 
Incoming, Florgo shouted as a missile came flying towards them on the radar, putting his fingers in his ears. Asher turned the ship swiftly away from the detonation and shook her head. We're in space, Florgo. Missiles do not make noise. <laughs> Idiot boy, do something. Use your magic for something other than being a useless waste of skin. Florgo Jesus. shrugged. What, what do you want me to do? I'm inside. I can't, like, fire bolts or affect their ship from in here. She stared at him. What about the ship you're in, Blandalf? <laughs> Dude, Reg, you're on fire, man. No one likes a backseat mage, Asher, Florgo muttered as he raised his hands above his head. Suddenly, the ship behind them stopped dead and scanned the trash belt they were hiding in. It moved from side to side and then stopped and backed away slightly. What did you do? Asher said. Florgo looked proud of himself. Well, I kind of made it look, us look exactly like their ship and now they're confused like a cat looking at its own reflection. <laughs> well, that, that unbelievable idiocy gives me slightly more hope of, about our chances, Asher said. Let us get back to Cargo Bay and find out what's happening. As she crossed the gangway and approached the stairs down to the others, the sounds of fighting became louder, and through the fire from though the fire from their pursuers had stopped, the ship shook just the same as Humi flew past them and smashed into the bulkhead in front of them. <laughs> Florgo ran to him and pulled him up, and the android's eyes were spinning like slots. As they came to rest, <laughs> they displayed two space buck symbols, and a little s- slot in his chest opened and a moth flew out. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, jackpot, he said woozily. <laughs> Asher jumped over the railing and landed, knife already drawn. The crazed barbarian was currently locked in a wrestling hold with Oryx, and though there wasn't a man in this reali- their reality who had best the crocodilian, this guy seemed to be holding his own. A whimper emanated from her right-hand side, and she turned to find Kellen in a little pile on the floor. Asher sat her up. He's a madman, said Kellen. He keeps shouting about Lionel Richie. Asher looked perplexed. The singer? (laughs) Helen nodded. (laughs) He kept on and on. Where's Lionel Richie? I'll thump you, Lionel. Lionel, you better answer me or I'll feed you to my fist and wear you like a mitten. (laughs) So, he is brutish, toxic man who hates Motown. Two more than enough reasons to slice him up. Before Asher could approach him, Kellen grabbed her arm. Don't hurt him. He's obviously got some sort of mental issue and I need to get at that guitar thing he's holding. She thought for a second. How about we give him the old Am Ray Rush like we used to with Dad? (laughs) Though, you'll have to go low this time, short ass. Asher smirked. (laughs) Grissom tiredly backhanded Oryx who fell to his knees and as Asher approached, she shouted at him to keep down. Kellen slid, risky business style, and wrenched the, <laughs> Damn, dude. wrenched the key tar from the guy's hands. Stupefied, he didn't see Asher holding Oryx back. Oryx is using, sorry, Oryx's back to get a leg up, and as she brought the knife down into his shoulder, he looked at her with a sudden recognition. Damn you, he said, as he fell what? to the floor, exhausted and in shock. What? What did he call you? said Hallgrim as he pulled himself up and wiped a bloody nose. You got some sort of stage name or something you haven't been telling us. <laughs> right yeah, you. 
Yes, it is Tamia, the amazing cyborg circumcision performer. Want, <laughs> want to be first audience participation, Horgrim? Asher held her knife just out of its scabbard, and then when he nod, uh, shook his head, slammed it in with a click. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's the ship going back to hyperlife. <laughs> what is the hold up here? The watch. The, the the pillar with the snake helm said as he barged onto the bridge of the HMS JK rolling. General Clamphands put his hands to his chin, accidentally catching it in his hydraulic press. Watch your tongue, organic! He was the heir apparent to the Technomancer, and he was not going to be ordered around by some dimension-hopping humanoid who didn't even have any sort of upgrades. No clamp hands, no robotic eyes, no built-in heelys so he could skate around like a badass. <laughs> Little bitch. He needed this win. He wasn't going to be shown up by that fucking ups- upstart General Lamp Hands. I mean, what sort of upgrade is that? Lamps for hands? Fucking idiot. <laughs> it's better than Clamp Hands. No, I'm, on, I'm on General Clamp Hands' side. What are you going to do with lamps? You need thumbs. You need fucking thumbs. The hell Lamps don't have thumbs on them, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> The helmsman, Gerald, chirped up. General Clamphands... Gerald! I know! Ge- that's so It's so weird. weird. General Clamphands was proud. He'd really found his confidence since he got those Heelys installed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've encountered some sort of reality shift, General, and we're in two places at once. It, it, it's like some sort of magic. It is magic, you moron, the watch side. It's an old veil trick. Look at the power readouts. Behind that illusion, that ship is tinier than the IQ of your team of robotic half-breeds. Clamphand stood and grabbed watch by the neck and squeezed. You will find, outsider, that we have more than enough brains to do the, the, the that thing that you... Wait, repeat your insult to me. I have forgotten the point. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. My masters have promised you the chance to rift, Watch choked. Just do what we asked and retrieve the girl, and you can go back into the past yourselves and help your Technomancer to win his war. You'll bathe in glory, so long as I have Kellen. General Clamphands let Watch fall to the floor, then moved to the navigational station and tried to grab the joysticks there. But his clamps kept sliding off the sink, uh, the column, and he sighed. He turned to a subordinate and whispered, See? and whispered hurriedly, "Gerald, will you please set course for the other ship?" He needs fucking thumbs, dude. <laughs> Grissom woke to the sound of hubbub as people bustled around him. He felt like his head was about to burst, as if he had downed too many firewaters the night before, or had listened to Lionel talk about how, if you can get past some of the Christian allegories, Battlestar Galactica really is one of the greatest sci-fi epics ever. Oh my god. That that feels like it was directed at someone. He looked around slyly, pretending to still be unconscious. There was a cyborg and a droid that reminded him of Heath. Though for some reason he seemed to be wearing the exact same outfit as Grissom. (laughs) (laughs) There was some sort of giant alligator who was reading a book on particle physics and a hooded blonde rogue who gave him some serious Tamiya Santo vibes. And then, at the foot of the camp bed they had set up for him, sat a teenage girl with Doot's keytar across her lap. 
these guys didn't seem like they were working for clamp hands or that idiot lamp hands. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't seem like they belonged here at all. Were they alternate versions of his crew as well? We're leaving five. We need to get planet side and dodge whoever is chasing us to find Butch Coxidy over there. <laughs> the blonde psychopath yelled across the bay. Everyone pack light. No, Horgrim, you cannot pack Quantabyte Drive of classic 80s porn. Do not look at me like that. Wait, haven't you already got Quantum Computer for Brain? What do you mean you save your catalogue in case of a full information blackout? <laughs> I know, I know. Her voice faded into the distance. A diminutive little guy who reminded him of Ludwig wandered over to Kellen. He was dressed in some Dungeons and Dragons nerd shit and Grissom wanted to immediately sit up and smack him in the face or go get him laid or something. (laughs) So, Kellen, any clues what that thing is? The boy nodded down to the keytar. The girl shook her head. No, but it's obviously magical. I can feel the energy coming off of it. The guy looked like he was trying to open rifts with it. Badly, obviously, because of his giant meaty hands. But still, I didn't know there were machines that could do what I do. But then, I suppose before Raph, I thought I was the only one who could do what I do. So they weren't working for the Technomancer. Or with the Technomancer remnants. They seemed clueless to what it was they were embroiled in. And what Doots could do with that thing. Hey mister, who's Doots? The girl asked. Grissom tried to ignore her, but he could feel himself tensing up. D- don't bother trying to pretend you're, you aren't awake. Your lips move when you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Grissom opened his eyes to find them all looking at him expectantly. I would like to sever your bonds, sir, the reptile said, taking off his glasses and putting them in his pocket. You don't seem to be showing any signs of hibernation sickness now. Can I have your word you won't try and attack us again? That prick used me like a baseball bat and you're gonna... Holgrim started, but Asher turned to him and glared. One more word. I will replace your operating system with loop of me doing this forever. She cleared her throat and then did this. Honk! 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 (laughs) Until Holgrim held his hands up. All right, all right. (laughs) That would be annoying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah yes, it up, would. Man. It seems really specific, though. <laughs> I, I ain't planning on attacking you, Grissom said. I wasn't really myself. Hypersleep affects me pretty badly. I, I get kind of stabby and punchy. He held a hand <laughs> out to Kellen after the lizard cut him free. Name's Grissom Graves. I'm one of the Dukes... Of, the, the new Dukes. Kellen remembered the laser pistol in Raph's collection, the last pistol of the Dukes of Lead. She took Grissom's hand and introduced her friend. Friends, Kellen Amre. This is my sister Asha, Florgo, Oryx, Holgrim and Hume. She took a breath. We're new to this reality, Grissom, and those bastards have been less than friendly. Clamp hands is after that thing you have on your lap. I was taking it to a blacksmith squid friend of mine. To find some sort of way of destroying it before the harvesters found me. Grissom said, taking his hat from the robot and putting it back on his head. Ah, said Hume. <laughs> <laughs> Grissom pulled his duster on and checked his gun sights. 
it's capable of opening portals to places, other places and terms. We used it to stop some maniac from destroying all of reality. He was worse than a serial cinema phone user or $600,000 charity defrauders. (laughs) 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 Fucking two in a row this episode, baby. (laughs) I had a crew like yours, full of well-meaning freaks and annoying little piss ants. (laughs) (laughs) Few of us didn't make it. The airlock blew, sending the crew sprawling across the bay, and as Grissom sat up, he saw a crew of cyborg bellends filling into the bay. With them stood a man he didn't know in a snake helm, and General Clamphands himself. What a sad story, Graves. Let me play the Omniverse's smallest violin for you. He tried to do the gesture with his clamp, then sighed and turned to another harvester. Gerald, if you please. Gerald brought brought his thumb and forefinger out and rubbed them together. To be continued. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The triple to be continued. Damn. We are cursed now you're killing me man that, that was, was so fucking, good that was 11 out of 10 12 yeah, that out was of 10 the best thank story you. i've ever heard thank you i've missed writing grissom graves so much like i had Dude. an idea a, a couple of episodes ago to put him in and i was just like i've got to put him in now and then like it just it was like putting on an old pair of shoes it's really weird yeah <clears throat> dude i i could it's so weird. I can tell, like, just the way that you were speaking in the beginning. I was like, this feels like... <laughs> I- I'm not kidding. Like, I'm like, this feels like fucking, like, the old universe. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I it, agree. Well, I knew it. I knew it, man. Oh, I wanted it's... it to feel like a, a movie opening. Yeah. You did Dude. mention there was a camera. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> Story camera. Story camera. It, like there's yeah. a there's definitely a joy that radiated off of you when you were doing Grissom yeah. again that was like infectious. I was excited for Grissom to be back, but like you made me double excited. <laughs> I um, I'm glad it's a to be continued and we get more. Yeah, That's, you know you might get other characters turn up as well. Who knows, fuck. man? Oh fuck! Oh shit! Oh fuck! Oh, I'm just number three. <laughs> Oh god! Um, Clean up in aisle three. It does make me. It does make me want to do another series with them. I don't know how I feel about that because I was very clear that I wasn't going to do it. But um, I, I believe are... I said you were full of shit when you said that you weren't going to do that. <laughs> you... There are no uh, rules. Please, there yeah, are no please rules. Please reel back the tape and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they're all versions of them. Yeah, like it's really obvious once you put them together, right? So yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's not the same. No, not the no, same. it's not the same. Um, I love these new characters as well, though. But good. there's yeah. something like just like a warm hug. Yeah, getting Grissom back, even though he would never hug me. I have my uh, <laughs> notes. I have my notes at the end of the story where I was intending it to be longer, and then I realised I was at twelve. I, was, I wasn't originally going to put it as a to be continued, and then it was like it was already twelve pages long, and I was like, I can't, I can't do any more. I just can't do Dude, it. Like the thing about like the to be continued, like don't ever feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of fucking stories. <laughs> we got a lot of episodes to fill. <laughs> yeah. 
technically like, all of our plenty st- of time. Technically, all of our stories are to be continued That's anyway because we're anyway. doing continuing narratives. Exactly. Exactly. That's true, man. Do what you can do, whatever you like. Stacks on deck, <laughs> Patron on ice. Don't so. don't ever feel like you have to do anything for this audience. No, I definitely yeah. won't. Because we know, we know <laughs> definitely audiences won't. are ungrateful. Some of them, anyway, not ours. <laughs> uh, not ours. <laughs> I like um, that save. <laughs> not ours. You guys are good. You're, you're, you're cool. You're cool. Oh, man. Uh, good episode. Yeah. Good free, to be back. We're free all... to be continued. What's that about? Yeah. What is that about? <laughs> I think it means that each of us have more story to tell related to this one. What? Plenty of, plenty of yeah, lead in the barrel. What? Indeed. A lead in the barrel counts, right? That's right. a Duke of Lead saying that there ever was one. <laughs> one in the chamber, two in the stink. What? <laughs> Riley, Riley who? who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a t-shirt. Is. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely not going to get sued for this, but the oh, t-shirt. <laughs> we could, we could, we could do a rough approximation of her face and put Riley who on a t-shirt and watch as every man. D- pretends they don't know what the t-shirt is about what you gotta do is i'm not a big fan of like things on back of shirts but you put that tattoo down the spine <laughs> oh, i don't know anything if, about that if she had no, that no. if she had a tattoo like in say like kanji on her back like we could do that yeah whatever she uh, wore it's the big wear. what if because none of us know no i have no idea no. i mean yeah. i'm just making I'm, up a t-shirt for a random person yeah. i just invented i'm not even sure what we're talking about to no. be real honest with you i don't know I don't know where I am. Well, with that, let's close the cover yeah. on today's episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a okay, heavy book. Gets heavier as the season goes on. Yeah, more pages. Right, uh, we need to bring out all C prompt ball. I don't have any uh, voice left. That's all right. That's there. okay. It's fine. It's out. Uh, <laughs> there it is. The first prompt for next episode is taxidermy by blade damas <laughs> what yep okay. yep and right. second prompt is coffee by serge skunk Ooh. taxidermy and coffee nice I just, like. I just learned that i like coffee for the first time in my life so oh, that's, well it's good timing uh i will coffee give rules. anyone who doesn't like coffee i'll give you a hint use oat milk instead of regular milk it uh, is really good to give it like Actually, a nutty taste. You should see my face, right? I'll give you some nutty taste. <laughs> oh, Riley Hood. Change that to scroat milk, baby. <laughs> Look, um, the the real secret Jesus. for me is like, I didn't drink, I would drink coffee once in a blue moon, but it would be one of those like, uh, like frappe oh, no. fucking dessert things. And <laughs> I just started uh, trying out coffee flavored candies. And I was like, "Wait, this is yeah. good." Yeah, they're and delicious. Crystal was like, "This this tastes like like almost black coffee." And I yeah. was like, "Oh!" So I tried coffee with just a little bit, tiny bit of cream in it, and I was like, "Actually, this fucking rolls, mm. dude." I yes. didn't like coffee my whole life. I'm 39 million years old now. 
39 million. Uh, actually, 37 million years Yeah, old. yeah, yeah. That's that's the time when you start to love coffee is 37. Because <laughs> you have I to would... in order to yeah, uh, cope with the misery yeah, like, of life. <laughs> Here's the thing. like I always thought that caffeine didn't affect me very much because uh, I drink a lot of soda. But I had one cup of coffee and I could not get to sleep that yeah. night. It turns out, I looked it up, coffee has four times yep. the amount of caffeine in it that, uh, that soda does. Dude, I used to fucking drink like four espressos a day. Yeah. Like, I was obsessed with caffeine. Like, I love caffeine. <laughs> I I wish caffeine was my dad and my mom <laughs> and my wife. I um, That brings up some questionable problems <laughs> in the relationship. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't didn't think of that. I was I'm gonna move quickly past it. Um I, no, I don't... stew in it for a while. <laughs> yeah, stew in that. Yeah. I don't drink coffee after lunchtime because it will keep me up all night. Genuinely now. I can't this do it. This fucking responsible. Hey, I I've been trying to go to bed at like midnight every night. I'm like yeah, set a yeah. schedule like a grown ass man. Is it working? It's, uh, yeah, it's doing I'm doing a little better. I it's it's I'm getting you. better. I'm proud of you. Traitor. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I mean, I still stay awake till like two every now and then, but who uh, doesn't? I try I was... to go to bed at, at like between midnight and two, and I fail yeah. horribly every night. Yeah. The yeah. when I was in therapy, the therapist was like, "Do two things for me. Uh, don't be negative about yourself. Like correct your own negative thoughts. Like just like if you think something about yourself, instantly think something positive about yourself, and set a bedtime." And I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever, whatever, therapist. And I was, I was yeah. so I did it and engaged with it. And those were two of the massive stepping stones to not wanting to die anymore. I guess my, yeah. my question <laughs> is, if I can't sit around and shit on myself mentally all day long every day, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with my life? That's the most depressive-ass fucking <laughs> shit I've ever heard. <laughs> That's literally what depressed people say, yep. Jeff. That is true. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the second thing they say. Nah. Exactly. Well, what's the third nah, thing whatever. they say? Fucking giddy up rawhide? I bet not, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fucking decide thing. what I'm saying next, bitch. That's the fifth thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the episode. Oh, if you want to uh, find out anything about uh, Story Lords, then you can head on over to storylords.card.co that's card with two R's and you can see episode art, find out what the next episode prompts are um, find out all about our other episodes about us it's a great little website um, big thanks Keener size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that stuff is on there that's in there that is on there it, it well, we tried to put it, and uh, you know, there's not enough characters in the description to to say how long it is. So it's a rough <laughs> approximation. It's like, <clears throat> it's like cuneiform. <laughs> um, big thanks, as always, to Vidizen uh, for the use of his music um, and for sending a third of us presents. Uh... <laughs> Rich. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't responded he got the to present. He, he got Jeff a Mega Man pin. No, he didn't. Was it Mega Man pin? Yeah, it was yeah. a Mega Man and Rush. It was adorable. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Thanks, it was. Greg. Oh. I love you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what Josh you can, get? you can find out a third of you. I said <laughs> one third. A one uh, third. Okay. 
So if you want to find out us. anything about Vidizen, you can uh, follow this third of the link I'm going to give you. Vidizen <sighs> dot. Uh, no, I'm only joking. Dot card dot co. Uh, this is a rough episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only teasing him. Um, how am I? Um, and you can Look, who ha- who has had dinner with Greg? Oh, one third of the podcast. World. <laughs> I would have dinner with him anytime he wants if he was in my country. Um, wow. So I'll be in your country. There is a way in which without the O. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there is a way that you, you the viewer, can support or listener, as the case may be, uh, can support the podcast, and that is heading on over to Patreon.com/storylords for as little as five dollars a month. The price of what is five dollars a month now? Uh, oxygen, uh, <laughs> a cup of water. Net- commercials with Netflix for for the price of Netflix. Oh, that's a big ask, really. For the price like of a couple of chocolate bars. I think Netflix can... with commercials is like seven dollars and something now. Uh, uh, seven. So for yeah. the price price of a couple of chocolate bars or candy bars, as you would probably call them, you can support uh, yeah. the podcast. Can we also call them chocolate bars. You fucking weirdo. Yeah, you fucking whatever. Fucking cling film. Whatever. Man. For a big Damn. bottle of Coke, which might not even be Coke, it might be Seven Up, but for some reason, some Americans call it what? Coke still. Seven Up is clear. Yeah. Who the fuck? Yeah, I know. And someone in Texas who I used to know used to call all soda Coke. All soda Coke. Yeah, that's yeah. like a deep South Texas. Thing. They're not. They're not a part of America. Yeah. Anymore. So <laughs> yeah, they've seceded. It doesn't matter. Just. just... Just fuck them. <laughs> so, for that $5 a month, you can join our super cool Discord, read our stories, and suggest prompts. So, if you were thinking, taxidermy, who the fuck suggested that? It was Blade Damus, by the way. <laughs> then you can suggest a better one if you think you're so good. Come on, then. If you think you're good, <laughs> come on, do it. See what you you've got. You think you're so fucking smart. <laughs> I love this. Uh, for $10, you get access to Redesign by Committee, which we will need to do another one soon. Uh, our extra podcast where we redesign an existing IP. Uh, it's always good. It's always a load of fun. Uh, we do some really good stuff on that show. Pro- Hell yeah. As good as the story, the stories we do for this show. And then... Better, because the ideas, are, are we're stealing them. That's true. Yeah, we, we, we don't have to make our own ideas in there. We can just take them from giant yeah. corporations and make them better. Man. Yeah, make them better. In your face capitalism and yeah. and the law and copyright law. The, and uh, the Lord. <laughs> fucking Jesus. Jesus. For $20, you get all that, the PDF of our upcoming book early, and create a credit in the book itself. Um we probably are going to do something with the Patreon soon in terms of adding some new stuff, which we've talked about but not actually done yet. We are? But, yeah, we, talk, we talked about it. We did we this, we did this last episode where you were like, we are? Uh, we had some options to think we were going to potentially do. I only do. got the You've five jokes, Rich. I'm just cycling through. <laughs> it, and so there might be some more things uh, at the 10 or $20 uh, limit so it's it's worth upping your pledge soon we'll tell you when uh, if you want any other info on the show right now. You, can, you head over to storylords.card.co as said before or 
if you want to support us in another way, you could head on over to wherever you listen to this and review us. Because reviews mean more views. That's, that's that's right. That's a weird rhyme I didn't mean to do. It's not really a rhyme. That it's just a good. That was great. <clears throat> and uh, let's, um, let's it, see if we have any new reviews. Uh, no. Ah, see, see, that could have been I love you doing that every time. <laughs> Put the crickets in, and no. that could have been you. That could have been you helping us get another listener. Please do it. I, I, I joke have five I, stars. No, it really is good. It, to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. It helped Tell us. Tell people about us. I think We're the internet's only five-star rated podcast, as far as the I know. The only yeah. one. The only yeah. one. Um, there was a period where we uh, where we got a lot of reviews, and we, the Patreon jumped by double. Like, uh, yeah, it was it's awesome. a couple of weeks in, um, <clears throat> and it was crazy. Just that the people who reviewed us and gave us uh, whatever review they gave us, because I'm not allowed to influence the review score, um, they really so helped Josh us. So Josh has told me. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this from others. Ah, okay. Legend says, if you do it, a mummy will curse your dreams. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, it really, really helped us. And I think like we need some more patrons. So um, it would be absolutely fantastic if you could, if you haven't done it already, or if you have got new feelings about the podcast you want to share from an alternate uh, email address, then go on to that <laughs> and do some reviews for us, please. That'd be very, very good of you. And We'd love Not you a long Josh time. Josh Henderson at <clears throat> Gmail. Not Henderson. This podcast sucks dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Where's your positive feedback to yourself? Yeah, it's great. And we so all I think rule. it rules because you guys no. are on This it. podcast does kick fucking ass. I mean, it's like you get three stories every two weeks for nothing. Yep. And they're yeah, amazing stories. Yep. Yeah, two out of three of them are great. <laughs> What's the value? Three out of three of them are great. Three out of three of them are great. Thank you. Says Rich's therapist. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, you know, don't want to harp on about it, but it is a lot of work trying to get a yeah. 12, 10 to 12 page story done every th- fortnight, every two weeks. And, um, yeah, we're just grateful that you support us and you listen and you promote <laughs> And they the have show. to be good is the problem. Yeah, if that is the problem. If they that'd be way easier. <laughs> I have a folder yeah. in my Google Drive, which is called Discarded Story Lords Stories, that um, I am going to go back oh, to shit, one I have access day. to that. Hold up. I think you probably do. <laughs> there is a script in the folder that I gave you, uh, and there it's like... A story about two robots that was very early on in Bros Before Prose days, and I have not gone back to that one. It's called The Ballad of Hack and Slash. Were they having sex kisses? Were no. No. Ah, that's, why I was, that's why you yeah. got rid of it. That's why I got rid of it. There's no sexy. I don't have it. Sexy bot. Bot. I actually <laughs> only have up to, I only have up to episode 26 of your stories, actually. Oh, oh yeah, because the new stuff is in a, a new folder. I've got another folder for you the fucking second year. Fucking organized motherfucker when you, works in an office. When you need it, I well, if I don't create the folders, I don't know what I'm doing, right? Um, <laughs> right, so next week it is taxidermy and coffee. Um, do we want to uh, promote anything else before we say goodbye? Nah, just support us in any way you can. We love you. Um, Send NyQuil. 
hit, hit me up for commissions if you want them. You, you know where to find me on internet. Yeah, jeffpennington.art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. Um, and, yeah, just keep supporting the show. We love you, um, and we will see you again in two weeks. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> honk, 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 honk. <laughs>